Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome legends wherever you're listening to Between the Years to episode 10. That's right. We're in the double digits. We've made it out of the single figures and like a good cricketer, it's time to put our head down, keep working, reset. I was always happy in cricket when I got to 10. That was always a milestone for me. So here I am. I'm doing that in the podcast world now. Obviously, the show's a fortnightly show, so 10 episodes that means I've been doing this for 20 weeks, which is almost half a year, which is which is crazy. I'm I'm so happy. I'm so stoked to have made it this far in the podcast. I'm going to keep working. It's only just beginning. The journey's only just beginning. Now, today on the show, I have my former boss and my current friend, Jacob Waddell. He's the sports editor at the West Australian. The West Australian is the is the only daily newspaper in this great state of ours Um, and Jacob has come on the show very kindly joined me to talk about his life as the sports editor now I know what you're thinking journalists media a lot of people might in the back of their head go I'm not listening to this one I hate the media what have they ever done for us but like I said in my little trailer almost six months ago now this show is about talking to interesting people and Jacob's definitely an interesting person with an interesting story and an interesting perspective on the media, one that you might not hear about in this current world that we live in. There's a lot of anti-media sentiment. So it was awesome to sit down and have a bit of a chat with him. He's a really cool guy. As I said, someone who's who's a good friend of mine. Um, he's almost like almost like my brother, really. We, we spent a bit of time with each other down in Bunbury. And, and as the episode will reveal, there's a, there's a few stories from our time down in Bunbury that really galvanized our friendship and uh yeah he's definitely someone who i'm going to be friends with for a long time through some of those shared experiences but that's all i really have in this intro let's get stuck into the episode i'd say now i want you to like subscribe to the show please leave a rating leave a review tell your friends about the show it truly does help a lot and if you're listening i just want to say thanks thanks for tuning in whether this is your first episode or your 10th episode that you've listened to. It's truly an honour to have you on board. Episode 10, Jacob Waddell, sports editor at the West Australian. Let's go. Well, it's very exciting to finally have this man on the show, someone who's been banging the door down of podcast headquarters, podcast HQ, begging me to be on. And finally, I've said, you know what? Open the door. We're all on guests. West Australian sports editor, Jacob Woodell. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Must be a slow news week, Luke. <laughs> mate, very honoured to, to be here, you know. As much as you're a bit of a prankster, I have been promised a slot on this show for weeks and weeks and I've watched prominent guest after prominent guest, just people way more important than me, pop up week after week and finally I'm on. I'm pumped to be here. I'm very, very honoured. Thank you for having me. No, that's fine. You're you're very lucky. Instagram have obviously changed their privacy features, (laughs) so I can't get into anyone's DMs at the moment, mate. So, So our spot's open up for you and it's great to have you on board. I'm of course kidding. It's... Your story is one that's very interesting. You have an interesting job, as we touched on, and we'll and we'll get to. And I can't wait to hear a bit about it and give people a bit of an insight into that. Now, before we get stuck in, I can't forget. Yes, we do gratitude, mm-hmm. as you would be well versed as an avid listener of the show. Absolutely. Keep refreshing the feed, waiting for your name, which is weird because we haven't recorded anything yet. Have not missed an episode. <laughs> so <laughs> waiting for my intro. Do you want to take the reins or do you want me to take the reins? Luke, show me how it's done. Well that's <laughs> that's annoying. Uh Nah, I'll go for it. Well, quite often on this show I I, I don't like being repetitive in terms of my gratitude, but a lot of similar themes are coming up and I spend part of my day today with my niece and nephew um my my sister's two kids um and man I just I just love them I just like there's something about yeah kids and everything is just like um Alfie who's the younger one he's just learning to talk and he's learning my name um and or Audrey who's my um brother's daughter starting to learn my name and stuff yeah. and how old are they again they're one so Audrey just turned two, and Alfie is one and a bit. 
And already saying your name. And already saying my is name. Is it his first word? I don't know. It's, it's rounded out. But he said shoes. Maybe he didn't say my name. Anyway, <laughs> don't worry about it. He said shoes. <laughs> he knows the word for shoes. Did you ever hear that? He said Luke. <laughs> yeah, he said Luke. <laughs> like, mm, no, I heard shoes. There, like. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's cool. It's always good to spend time with them. Um, I'm actually seeing a lot of family tomorrow as well, which I'm really excited about. Uh, another one, we went to a comedy show before this, yes. which was really fun. Have I stolen one of yours? Uh, I think you've actually kind of stolen both of mine oh, so far, but like, that's okay. Yeah, so we went to the comedy show, we went Great. to yes. the comedians, Sam Pang, Mick Malloy, Lawrence Mooney, Marty Sheargold, very funny. Um, I love live comedy, live shows, getting amongst that. And I actually went to another show on Thursday night. I went and saw some folk music on Thursday night. That's right. And yeah, I love I love folk music. Yeah. I, um, it's weird. No one else seems to enjoy it, but I enjoy it. And, you know, you got to do what makes you happy. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it from me, mate. How about you? Let's okay. go into yours. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm just going to switch up some of mine. But oh, that's fine. No, definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head with the family thing. And it's, like, such a cliche answer. So, like, the second you told me this is, like, a segment on the show that I'll be doing, I'm just like, does everyone say their family? Because it sounds cliche, but it's, like... It is something like it's a weekend right now, so it's like actually getting time to just spend time with loved ones is something like, you know, I was, um, I mean, we'll get into it, but I was living away from home for about six years before this. So when you have days off and you literally can just hang out with friends, be with family, you really just, um, you learn not to take it kind of for granted, um, which I absolutely love. Um, so yeah, always grateful, always grateful for family and grateful to be able to have time to spend with them. Um, I really like the comedy show has got to be in there, right? Like that is one of the funniest things that I've ever been to. And like sitting next to your dad as well, (laughs) like who was loving it. Yeah. Knowing which ones to laugh at, which ones to not laugh at in front of my dad. And both of us doing that thing where you like check to see if they're laughing. (laughs) If it's okay. I'm really going to scope out what Rob's (laughs) sense of humor is tonight. Like, is he laughing at the sex jokes? No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) um and number three just health in general like no that's that's right yeah genuinely that was actually one i was thinking of as as well my i was talking to my mother during the week and she was telling me about all these people that she knows who are sick or getting sick and stuff and you don't really realize until you hear about other people just how lucky you are just like Nothing is a birthright. Like we're we're very lucky to be young, healthy, fit young men. I guess. I just meant I had a flu for about two weeks and I'm feeling better. <laughs> okay, but sure, sure, but you can <laughs> say that as well. So obviously, we talked about your job and what you're doing at the moment. Um, you're working in newspapers. You've worked in print for a long time. You know the sports editor. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. One thing that I find interesting. I can't imagine. Obviously, we're friends and we spend a fair bit of time together mm-hmm. off mic. Um, I can't imagine a young Jacob Waddell reading the newspaper. Is what? that something that you've always been interested in? I know you love your politics um, and stuff, but is that something you've always been interested in? Yeah, definitely through, through high school, definitely. I felt like I was always um, really interested in current events, definitely was very much into into politics and always kind of thought that was the um, path I was going to go down. I was always studying at uni to, uh, the, the goal was always to study law and become a lawyer and then hopefully try my hand in politics. And um, it just kind of went in the other direction. So when I was at, um, it was, I always felt like I was like I was always up to date with news and things like that. But the goal was never to do, was never to do journalism. Um, just the way things worked out with uni was to be able to do law. I had to have an undergraduate degree first. So I was like, I'll pick the thing that looks the most fun, get a degree in that, and then I'll go and do law. Um, so I did uh, communication and media at UWA. Uh, and it was probably about halfway through that that I was like, oh, I really like this. And then it was like, let's see. And I was doing some law units along the way with that. And I was like, this sucks. Like, this is not what I'm doing. Like, absolutely not. I was actually, I was so well behaved in high school and then I got to uni and I was going to these law classes and I met some like really fun people, but we just did not care about these classes at all. I was like getting kicked out of classes in like uni and stuff. I was like, I never got kicked out of classes in school. I'm getting kicked out of classes in uni. Like, so I just could not have 
like cared less but then the journalism side of things I was like really really loving and it was like oh and all my teachers at school were like always said to me they were like oh you're going to be a journalist one day just because I was I don't know maybe it's just my this must just be some sort of I always took it as a compliment but I'm like I don't know know journalist has the best um, has the best stereotype or label but um but I definitely yeah really um really enjoyed it and found I had some just skills that kind of maybe maybe gravitate towards that but then yeah kind of shut down the law thing and was like this is what I want to do so it was kind of more around um uni that I kind of found my place and was like yep this is this is what I want to do with my life awesome what's I guess when you're leading up to and obviously if you're going to need to have the undergrad to get into law it's a long process what's it like that moment of clarity I guess when you're like oh actually I think I know what I want to do because yeah. lots of people don't really get that or maybe people are still looking for it. What was it like for you? A hundred percent. Yeah, it's very, um, do you know what? It really is um, almost a, like a rewarding feeling. I definitely know what you mean because um, when you leave like high school, it's just like, I, I don't know how you found it, but I was like, I just need to get into uni. And it was like, um, I, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. And you're thinking about the future. You don't know where you see yourself or anything like that and didn't really have an understanding in terms of like journal even when I kind of figured out yeah this would be really cool to do but my idea of a journalist was like Gail from Scream <laughs> like being like the best like you know what I mean like yeah. investigative journalist in the world or you know more like local example like you're thinking you know sports journals you're thinking of you know your guys that you see on the on the tv covering yeah. the covering the footy and stuff like that like mm-hmm. just my idea of like what it was and the pathways was like really scattered so mm-hmm. you're right like being at uni figuring out a this is definitely what I want to do was great because it was kind of like that light bulb moment of you know um Bit of, bit of direction and yeah. then once I kind of saw the pathway as well that it was like oh this is actually something that's very achievable mm. um, like you know I thought it was like you want to be a journalist and you could you know jobs are pretty scarce yeah, good um, in the industry so it's like what do you do just beg and try and knock down the door of our only you know daily newspaper that we have here but then started learning a lot about the options that were out there you know going to the regions and starting off in you know areas that aren't as uh, fair, you know what's the word I'm looking for not fancy but you know glorified yeah. But at least there was a pathway there and that was like, okay, great, this is actually something I can set my mind to and achieve. Yeah, and you spent, obviously you mentioned that you spent six years away from home. You first go to Broome and end up very quickly becoming an editor there and then mm. moving down to the southwest to to edit where you came across um, a young, talented up-and-comer <laughs> up in the industry named Luke McPherson with a bright history and really hopped on his coattails. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what's it like as a regional journal. Obviously, I've, I did a little bit of it, a brief, a brief stint, but for people that don't understand, it's not just going and taking photos at the market on a Sunday morning in, mm. in Bunbury. What is it? Mm. What is it like? What was it like for you? Yeah, it was um, something where, I, I, like I said, I never really saw myself leaving leaving home yeah. at, that, at that age. And if I was, it was to go live in Melbourne, like all my other friends seemed to be yeah. doing, or move something to Sydney, cool, yeah. or move overseas. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when it came up, I hadn't really been anywhere north of... <laughs> When the freeway ends, yeah, like, do you know what city. I mean? Like, yeah. So it came up, and I was 20, I think, off the top of my head, and I was like, I was still, I would really consider myself pretty young for 20, yeah. so um, it was, it seemed like a really big decision, but it was like this just kind of gut feeling of like, yep, it's time, it's, you know, this is this is what i got to do, and so the opportunity came up, um, and I said, just give me a bit of time to think about it, it took me a night, and I was like, yep, let's do it, so... Got on a plane, 2,000 k's away in this like tiny town, like 12,000, 12,000 people get off. It's like the middle of the wet season when I started there. And I'm just thinking like, what am I doing? Like literally had mm. probably for the first 24 hours, just that feeling in your stomach where you're like, what are you doing? You know, so far out of the comfort zone. I wasn't funny. Didn't know a single person up there. Didn't have a place where I was living yet. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is terrifying. Um, within a week, it was just like, I love this place. I'm so settled here. It's like absolutely yeah. amazing. Like I fell in love with Broome, like absolutely loved it. Um, but then to answer your question, it's like the work side of things was, um, 
it's so interesting like in these in these small towns probably more so like starting off in in broom where it's yeah. like you again it sounds so cliche but like you cannot do anything without having to go see that person at the supermarket exactly. <laughs> that night pulling up next to them in a in a car bay or if not that you know their friend or your neighbors with their mum or like, you yeah. know what I mean? like you're never more than one person away from anything so it's this real and you know these regional areas like newspapers and media in general they're like absolute bibles mm these people that are out there so it's like every single thing that you write is going to be read and everyone's going to be everyone's going to be talking about it and it's uh it's kind of like terrifying you know we're not talking about things like um like you're saying like oh take take a nice photo of you know yeah. just, you know kids that are winning certificates or something it's oh it's your second week you need to go and cover this guy who has apparently transported like hundreds of thousand dollars worth of meth into broom and, yeah. and it's just like Oh my gosh! Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. you're dealing with people's lives, you're dealing, and their livelihood, and you know their families are reading what you're writing about them, and um, so it's very, it's very high pressure, um, very, very high pressure out in the regions. You're working in tiny teams, often with um, people with as much or as little less experience than yourself so you've got no one to hide behind um it's it can be it's like can be pretty terrifying and i think there's a reason why a lot of people don't you know they try it out and they're like well this is not for me whatsoever this is not what i signed up for it is very um it's very full-on it's very it's a um you really have to be passionate i think about what you're doing in order to want to stay in it yeah yeah and people end up um posting a you know a low profile fortnightly podcast <laughs> which which brings a lot of cash yeah. to the door um you talked about your, your comfort zone and yeah. sort of these shows I, tr I try to take notes and try to follow some sort of structure but it's mm. just not how it works but you talked about comfort zone mm -hmm. you from what i know it used you just like head down but get to work mm -hmm. you talked about your comfort zone and being so far out of it how do you how do you overcome that how is that something that you were able to move on from if you know what i mean 100 mm -hmm. i think the big thing um and i've always kind of believed it with work is you need to be uh settled outside of work you need to feel like you've got support you need to feel like you're like really enjoying your life in general to be able to excel at mm. what you're doing so i think the big thing for me was settling in up there like i said i didn't know anyone at all when i first moved to the, to broom it's not like um i had no experience in the industry whatsoever so it's not you're not even in that mode of like i'm just here to work and i'm just going to get on with it because i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing yet you know yeah. um so i think for me the big part of um of getting out of the <clears throat> oh sorry of um kind of overcoming the what first moving up there was you know making friends and, and settling in and like very lucky that up there it is so so easy i had an amazing group of friends within the first week a lot of them like you've met that i'm still friends with like yeah. you know they're my best friends like six seven years later um so i think once i had that kind of good support network and just real lifelong friends around me that was like the first thing because then it starts kind of feeling like home and once you're settled once you're in a routine you're around people you're familiar with and you really like and you be yourself and you know you're actually enjoying what you're doing then that helps you to really settle in i think on the work side of things as well um and i do think especially like you know um with what we do when you're shipped off you know, or you're shipped off <laughs> when you when you move out you yeah. know you move away from perth you're like often just like in the middle of nowhere a big part of that is just being able to settle in in the place in the place that you are yeah. um and i think for a lot of people when they leave the industry it's very early on it is because of that reason where it's like there's somewhere that they don't really like and it's hard to meet people and it's hard to settle in then it's like okay not this like isn't for me so i think that was the key to it was getting that real good support structure a support structure is that the word like a good like network of people yeah. around me and um yeah once that was settled then i felt like really comfortable there and um and then yeah i really just like kind of took off with work and loved it yeah and then obviously you went down to the southwest there yep. was six seven papers you were running down there yeah seven so like eight eight sorry oh, okay <laughs> sorry Everyone i was like that? i was counting eight. my head that's e-i-g-h-t yeah those listening. write that down <laughs> um and then you know you spent a couple of years down there and now you're in this massive role i sort of want to just get into the thick of it into mm. what you're doing right now yeah, yeah. 
For anyone can, who doesn't I'm know, I'm happy to skip Bunbury. <laughs> like, I'm happy to skip the Bunbury part. On the drive like, down. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yep, that happened. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it was valuable, obviously. You did valuable, learn a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, and then, so tell me a little bit for the uninitiated. <laughs> what is a sports editor? And I guess, why do you hate um, the Fremantle Dockets. <laughs> <laughs> no, just answer the first part of the question. We'll get I mean, to I can answer later. both if you need me to. <laughs> so, yeah, so the last three months I've been in the role of uh, sports editor at the West, um, which is just like one of the coolest things that I've ever done. Like, I'm still kind of like pinching myself and loving it every day. So, pretty much like my job is like when you flip the paper over and you're like looking at the back because that's the fun part I just look of the, the back paper. Yeah. Away. <laughs> like, that's me. Like, that's what we do. So, um, so yeah, so right now I'm overseeing, um, the, you know, the sport department at the West and it's like, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Like all of a sudden, you know, you go from having like the things that we're talking about, like having to sit there and cover court and all this stuff. And it's like when your day, every single day is just sport and that's what you're dealing with. Like, it's like, it's pretty unreal. So, um, so I've got a team of about 18, um, people. So there's within that, it's, um, so, you know, journalists that we, that we work with and the whole, um, you know, the, my whole my whole role is deciding like you know what the section looks like every day, how we go about it, um, you know, designing it, what's going to be on the back page, what's it going to look like, how do we go about reporting things? Because you know, while we're always uh, you know unbiased and we're you know sticking to journalistic principles, there's always different ways you can go about things. So um, you know, my goal that I'm trying to bring to the role is to do things like with a little bit of attitude um, my view is I think like at the end of the day it is just sports so you can have a lot of fun with it um, you're not really talking about people's lives and like livelihood and stuff like that a lot of the time a lot of the time you are but you know when it comes to you know you're talking about footy you're talking about cricket like it's it, to me it's like it's it's all about having having fun and that's like my aim with it but yeah so overseeing the overseeing the sports section um, if you know WA's only daily newspaper is a it's um yeah hell of a job but like like honestly like the best thing I've ever done it's yeah it's such an awesome job and I feel like I should say like you're still so young and to be in a role like that like there's a lot of um guys and girls around the country who would dream of a job like that so yeah it's it's very cool that you're in that position I'm very proud of you for being there um (laughs) Tell me a little bit about now. I don't know if this is going to come as a shock to you, yeah. but a lot of the time when people read the headlines on the sports <laughs> section, they don't go, "Oh, that's quite clever," and I like that. <laughs> a lot of the time, it's, "Oh, this is <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> What's this?" <laughs> um, what sorry, my yeah. sorry, my dad was just in the room. Um, no, but tell me a little bit because it's it's interesting, and as you said, um, you know. It's sport. You can have fun and have a bit of attitude. And people just think, you know, they see sports editor Jacob Waddell. Oh, this guy must be. Who is this bloke that he says some of this stuff? Tell me a little bit about some of the feedback that you get, some of the things you have to deal with. And what's, and what's that like? Yeah. I can't imagine putting putting stuff like that out. I would, I would be too worried. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, for starters, like, you would have got a bit of a taste of it right like yeah, during the year yeah. that you had in media like the thing is you very 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 rarely in the in the industry at all is anyone ever going to be like hey you did like a really good job mm, at no, that. I, and I, that. I think that's why there's seven thousand different types of awards and stuff for journalism because <laughs> i think we like to like reward each other and stuff no one else is going to say because all the time. no one else is like ever patting you on the back so it's like if you agree like with what you're reading or with what you're seeing you're just like you're just processing that it's just like oh yeah cool it's a newspaper they should be giving me facts you're not going to be like well done like you've nailed that like yeah. you, know, you only only ever hear from people when they're not happy with with what they're saying whether that be um you know the comments of, you know when it goes online or whether that be your email or you know phone calls or you know more so what experience out in the regions which is like literal like death threats and you know people rocking up and wanting to rocking like literally office. strangle you yeah. <laughs> like you know like yeah. so it is like you put you really do put yourself out there um and it's probably like journalists that, that deal with it deal with it more because they have to literally put their name to things that they mm-hmm. do and a lot of the times when they do that they're just following direct 
directions you know when we speak about okay we're going to we're going to report on this and they're the ones that, that then go and do it and you know they've got to put up with a lot as well so you do you really do put yourself out there and you open yourself up to to criticism and it is just one of those things where that's just the nature of the job and you've got to be ready to you've got to be ready to take it because it can be pretty um it can be pretty confronting um right you know especially yeah. um when it does come to you know, like some of the stuff is like literally insane. Like people will, like you might have used a word to describe someone as something, and then people send you emails where they've gone through like your entire Instagram and stuff, and it's like, well, look what you called this friend of yours, like on this day, yeah, and it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh, like you know, you really, it's it's really is just like putting yourself out there. Yeah, um, it. The, I feel like the, like, people often blame say things about the media but i think a lot of it is we have a lot of time on our hands everyone like as you said and i know the example and we probably won't touch too much on it but there was a famously uh, someone done through your instagram and yeah, yeah. after we'd written a story yeah. down south yeah and it is interesting that people have their own opinions on that's, things uh, that's like literally like handwritten letters that went into my like personal address like my home address yeah. for instance it's yeah. like this person's either like followed you home yeah, or they've yeah. figured out like where you live yeah, like yeah there's um yeah a, a lot of things like that people people like literally rocking up to the, the offices ready to <laughs> ready to like sorry like do you remember the day where we literally there was the guy that kept just walking around yeah, and our building to trying to get in we had to hide and then we had to leave once like, he'd left then we left legit i think i was the oldest person in the room at like 25 and it's just, yeah. it's just kids right yeah. like running around like this yeah. guy's come like he wanted no, we to laugh, but it genuinely was pretty nice it was terrifying right it. like this guy wanted to kill us yeah <laughs> like we're like calling the police and it's mm. like oh and they're thinking like why is this some kid talking to yeah. me yeah um so that's it's heavy right like it's really yeah. it's really really heavy and when they dip into your you know where a lot of the criticism or you know feedback they start dipping into your personal life like um it's probably not as extreme as like i said like my view is it is as much as sport is so mm. such an important part of like you know australian culture and there's so much interest in it hence why there's a whole dedicated section to it in every single newspaper yeah. you pick up um it is like a little bit lighter so some of the stuff i've had to deal with so far hasn't been anything on that on that scale like yeah. just to jump off your joke about the <laughs> about the dockers like it is like literally like free metal dockers fans digging up what i tweeted about 13 years ago which was apparently asking david zaharakis why essendon couldn't be couldn't, couldn't be free like be what um above so, all else it's just not a great tweet it's just very embarrassing <laughs> yeah. to be like i thought i deleted everything <laughs> but it's still like people you know, yeah. into your personal life there you just it is you open yourself self up to so much criticism um I, I just have never it just has never gotten to me which is quite strange I now think. Like, we need to bottle that okay or yeah. you then tell me yeah how okay because as you as you i was as you said you know it's a lot higher pressure and stuff mm. and it, it it doesn't get to you mm-hmm which has always struck me. Mm. Um, are you someone that was born with that or is that something that you have to develop? Because obviously the, the show and we are friends and we kind mm. of bounce around and have a good time here, but we want people to be able to take lessons mm. from the show. Mm. And, and I guess everyone will experience something in their life where it's up to them how they're going to be able to react to it. Mm. Um, something might bad might be said or might happen to them and at the end of the day it's their responsibility how they bounce back and how they deal with it yeah how are you how do you because some of the things that are said or you know done about you yeah how do you how do you cope with that stuff um it's hard because it's like it's almost like there's two sides of it to Mm -hmm. me and like one side is like out of work life which is like if someone commented or I found a comment from someone being like, what the hell is he wearing? Or like, oh my God, look at his hair here. Like that would destroy me. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, does he already have wrinkles at age 27? <laughs> like what's going on there? Like, like, why does he wear, look at his shoes. Like that would, I would literally be like, yeah. I'm not leaving I'm the house ever yeah. again. This yeah. is me done. Like, do you know what I mean? But for some reason, like as soon as it's about, if it's anything to do with work or about work, it just from the start is just something that has it's just just doesn't it doesn't get yeah. to me and i think it's 
It must, I think it stems from, like I was kind of saying before, it is a job where you've got to be it be in it for all the right reasons like media exists for a reason right like it's a very important part of our lives um and for and for me like i've always believed um i've always believed in its importance and the role that it plays um so my kind of if i was to try and put it into words like my view on it is uh, if you back what you're doing and you know what you're doing is right and you can stand by what you've done then any criticism that you get because of that is very easy to to filter it out um, and to and to understand do you know what I mean like my this, this, this might not sound great but like if you if you go down to cover a court case or something like that you're there to cover it fairly accurately and you know, if you're covering someone going to jail for doing something pretty terrible, the family should not read your report and think, oh, that was really good. Like, I'm glad they didn't, you know, make them look bad or yeah. like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we're there to tell people what is what has actually happened. So the family of that person should despise you after you, after you write the article because if they've gone to jail for doing something like terrible, then you need to properly tell people why, why this person's gone to jail. And, you know, that exists, you know, that, that's where, like, media is so, like so important because it's like you wouldn't have known that about that person <laughs> yeah perhaps unless you've read it um unless like you know you know about it like in the in the media so that's kind of like so i expect i expect to get calls from the family being like you know f you and whatever whatever or death threats I always think is a step too far or anything that dips into yeah. the past just like you know i hate you for what you've done whatever um but but you do you, you there is a level of expectation where you can just say like of course they're not going to be happy with that of course that person's angry at me um i think the thing like it's nothing that has ever actually really translated into anything worse i think this guy that came and stalked us at the office that day is probably the, the absolute worst thing mm. because that was an in-person thing where i was like oh i see fire in that man's yeah, eyes like he's not messing around here like, um but usually it's just like almost like keyboard warrior kind of vibes you know or handwritten letter yeah. in some instances but um for me that it really is i think just like and this is just i'm just saying i think because i don't like i'm not even sure why but things like that just don't just don't get to me but i would say if i was to try and put it into words it's because like i believe in believe in what we're doing and believe things like that you know it, it exists for media exists for a reason um and if you can stand by knowing that you've done your job and you've done it in the best possible way and you can stand by what you do then any criticism criticism that you get because of that then that you're able to take does that make sense yeah yeah 100 percent. now one thing you said during that was mm. you said you know media exists for a reason mm. and i think i don't know if it's um it seems to have accelerated recently in recent times but people have started to question its existence or the validity or why we need media and i think it's people are a bit disenchanted with a lot of news publications and, mm. and stuff like that. Um, and print media especially probably cops a bit of a hammering of people mm. saying, what's the point? I guess, can you put into your own words, if you're trying to convince someone who's disenchanted or given up or is questioning what the point of the media is mm. in a modern society, how would you really sum it up? Because I know you said, you know, the media exists for a reason. Can you try some up what that reason is for people who might not understand? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so obviously the number one reason that media exists is to hold people to account, right? So it's stopping politicians from being able to do like whatever whatever the hell they want to do because they know that they're being watched and they know it's going to be reported on and um, you know it keeps the it keeps all our you know political systems honest it keeps our justice systems honest it's you know when you look at its role from that that side of things it's it's you know really really important the things that people have been able to achieve through journalism is un, is you know unreal getting innocent people out of jail and. Um, you know, if, uh, like we're seeing it like really recently, you know, if a politician, uh, a political party, you know, promises to not to spend money here or to spend money here and they go back on that, they need to be held account, you know, to, and, you know, there needs to be systems in place where they are held account. So the media plays 
such an important role um, in your everyday life. And then another side of it is just bringing, you know, bringing you that, bringing information that because I think it's existed for such a long time or it is so readily available these days in so many different forms that it's almost taken for granted, but it's bringing people that information um, that, they, that they either need to, need to know to stay, you know, stay informed, to be entertained or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's there to give them, you know, what what they're interested in, in, in and what and what they want. I'm using entertain because that's I think where the sport comes into it. You know what I mean? Like it's um, it's it, it's still the same thing. You know, it's keeping sporting clubs. You know, what we do is keep sporting clubs and things like that to account if they've signed a player on a you know million um, you know million dollar two year contract extension and they're not playing for the first ten games and they're going to cop a bit. You know, but because that's what the fans will be saying and that's what they you know that's what people expect to see. So I think what we do on the sports side of things, it's the same thing on a different on a very different scale that I would argue leans a lot more into the entertainment um, side of things, but what newspapers and proper journalism and proper media can do um, is it's just such an important role um, in our everyday society and I think it's one of those things where if it wasn't there anymore and it wasn't um, you know and it wasn't being uh, executed in the right way then people uh, would really realize like what its power is I think we've seen in like regional areas as well the importance of it in areas like that you know the number of journalists maybe in the last, let's say, 15 years would have dried up, like, completely. And you would have seen, like, some of the things that, um, you know, local councils and things try to get away with. And, you know, you write a story about it and a month later they backflip on it and it's like, okay, okay, we're not going to throw, you know, $100,000 at a, like a dog water bowl or whatever. Yeah. Like, I remember those, like, ridiculous yeah, things like that. So that's on, like, a smaller scale, obviously, but... Um, like it is, it's so it's so important in um, in regional areas as well, and um, you know, not knowing that the person that lives down your street is you know a, crim- a criminal for someone yeah. with a criminal history until you read about it in the paper, and it's just like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's um, yeah, it's it's it, it is like a one of those things. I believe that if it wasn't there anymore, that's where people would realise like what the what the power of it really was. Yeah. Um. Now, tell me about some of the good days. Because I'm going to ask a question about some of the bad days that you might have at work. Mm-hmm. So let's get a bit light and fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you took over the role yep. a few months ago. Yep. Tell me, what are some of the cool things that you've that you've got to do already? Like, what's it like if mm. you're going to be like, sell me the role, sell me, a f- <laughs> sell me a few of the good days? Because there'll be some cool things that you get to do, some cool people you get to meet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it is. It's being like the the people side of it has been like you know insane for me it's like so many of like your childhood like heroes that you're all of a sudden just getting to like negotiate deals with because they're going to write columns with you or you're sitting next to them at a you know at a sporting game or something like that like it has it's been awesome to meet so many um kind of major figures in wa's um sporting scene um and then already like to have like a um you know kind of like a front row seat to so many um you know so many major sporting things that have happened in wa um only a month in you know sitting at that big bash league final when you've got the ceo of cricket wa on yeah. one side of you and you know, I don't know like nat from overnight three seven like on the other side like <laughs> we like that literally is the two people i was sitting like between like um but no like two of the heavyweights wa cricket <laughs> the big two like um but like things like that like that was like an unreal experience like obviously that the bbl final and the perth scorchers winning like that is one of the greatest sporting moments that i've ever you know been able to witness um and you know you've got the ceo of cricket wa like jumping up and excited and she's high-fiving everyone and then running down to the pitch and you know like you know being able to be a part of those major um, those major sporting moments and then getting the opportunity then through the paper to be able to you know, tell that story and um, that's that is where a lot of the like that's the part we enjoy the most right mm. is being able to be a part of like the great things um, that have happened you know with like Cooper Connolly and you know mm. being able to tell this story of like the teenage sensation and um, you know that was that's like a moment that really sticks out um, as a highlight so far we haven't got into footy season <laughs> yet like really looking forward to that but um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and name drop because that's crazy, but like, you know, some of the people I've already been able to sit down with, um, uh, you know, the people I was tweeting about 13 years ago, you know, and then like all of a sudden, like you get to, you know, you get to meet these people and, um, 
you know, you become like an important part of like what they're doing. And mm. uh, it's, yeah, like be, the people you've been able to meet and um, that's been, that's just been the most unreal part of it all for me. And then, yeah, being able to be part of like these major sporting moments, like, um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely been the, that's definitely been the highlight so far. Now, in terms of the, the show can sometimes take, a step back to take a few forward so yeah. in terms of <laughs> in terms of bad days yeah. this is a two part of this question so we're going to go sure. what does a bad day look like and then what are some of the lessons and learnings that you take from mm-hmm. from the bad days I guess if I was to say a bad day at work what do you reckon it it looks like for, for you mm-hmm. I can I could make a few guesses but what do you reckon the, what are some of the hard days that you have because obviously you get those days where you, Christina Matthews, I think it is, Nat from Nathan, Nat and Sean, you're all hanging out, but, you know, there's got to be another side of the coin. What's it, what's it like when it's not an easy day at work? That is a great question, Luke. So... Oh, maybe there's, maybe there's still a bit of fight in the old <laughs> dog, hey? <laughs> uh, nothing worse than a slow news, day eh, where, like, absolutely nothing's happening and, like, you're watching the clock like tick over and you're like what the hell is our back page tomorrow and you're always under like i feel like i'm in a, in a great way i'm always under so much pressure because it's um you know i've got a, i've got a job to do and i've got you know and I'm, I'm there to do the do the job properly so you know you're kind of feeling the pressure from within because it's like you want to put together the absolute best <laughs> section that you can and like you just want to be breaking the best stories every single day and it'd, it'd always be great but you really have those days where it's like oh my gosh nothing is happening i've got two journos on today because everyone's off doing like whatever and it's like where where's this going to come from and um you know that feeling of just watching the clock tick like closer and closer and closer and it's like now how do you accept how do you deal with that because there's going to be some slow news days and some people are listening to this in their car and go oh he just makes it up mate he just makes (laughs) stuff up but but how do you deal how do you deal with the because sometimes for whatever reason whether it be in work or in life there's going to be a day where things just don't go to plan mm. you know what i mean sometimes i go to run i always talk about running talk about it too much but sometimes mm. it's something sore yeah or my i've got an upset stomach mm. or something i ate didn't agree with me or i'm tired or i've got mm. this to do and sometimes things don't go to plan how do you is it acceptance of just that's what it is mm. or do you double down and you try work harder and be yeah. like dig we're finding a yeah. story how do yeah. you how do you deal with stuff like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's using the using the pressure and trying to turn that into a trying to turn that into a good thing. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like, well, we got to get stories up on our website, and we've got to get a back page out tomorrow, and we've got to put out a sports section. Like, there's no, there is no. I'll just do it tomorrow, or you know, I have tried my hardest today, but it just wasn't my day, and you know, I'll just try again tomorrow. It's like, no, you got you got to make you got to make something happen. So. Um, I think it's like turning that pressure around and it's like using that to kind of drive you a little bit more and it's like no god like you know getting on the phone and talking that's what a lot of like what our job is and talking to as many people as possible and it's you know what's going on and it's um you know trying to push others to you know work as hard as they can and make sure you know that they're being directed to do the very best they've kept they've done and like at the end of the day there's never been <laughs> like there's never been a day where it really has gone to like gone to absolute crap and it's like there's no story to put on the back or you know back in the, in the regions on the front <laughs> Find him. Take a photo of him. I think someone, oh, what did someone say the other day? They were like, um, oh, you know, it was one of the comments on our Facebook section was like, um, maybe a bit niche, but it was like, you know, you're having a slow news day when your back page story is something Peter Sumich has told you or something like that. <laughs> it was just like, no, but it was so good what he said. Yeah, like, he said the right thing. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, it always and it does. It always just comes together. Whether um, whether you know you've got to work that hard or it just falls on you, mm-hmm. just falls in your lap in the eleventh hour. There's never, there's generally never been a day where I've put out a put out a paper or um, you know in the regions been a week where we haven't put out a paper where it's like, no, nah, we did pretty well. Like you know, mm-hmm. like that was that was that was a job well done. You know, um, you always just you always just find a way, and I think that ter- that that comes from you know using the pressure and stuff and turning it into a into a mode like something to drive you rather yeah. than rather than to stress you out or um, freak you out too much now work life 
balance. Yeah. And I'm trying. What's, what's that? Who? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I don't know. He her. was on a former episode. Um, go back and listen. <laughs> episode six with work life balance. I would love to see what work life balance had to say. I don't um, know anything about him. Never heard of him. <laughs> um, now, and I'm trying to look in my life and focus on health more holistically, mm. right? And, yeah. And part of that comes from minimizing stress and stuff but in a in a job like yours like you have to go into fight and flight mode mm. like on the regular mm. your adrenaline's up your heart rate's racing and it like can take it it can take a toll on you one thing i found really hard as a journalist was i can't switch off i want to check my emails at the end of the day i'm scrolling through what else is happening for you in particular? Your stories are so high profile that mm. probably your parents are talking about it at the dinner mm. table, and you're like, mm. "Oh, I, I, this mm. is my job." How do you, how do you go, being able to? Do you have any skills mm. or techniques, or do you just mm. not shut off and you're waiting for a breakdown to mm. come? How, <laughs> how, did, how are you? Hey, is this just you checking in on me, like right now? I guess. If, hey, like... if you got anything you want to get off your chest, <laughs> we'll turn the mics off and we can have a chat. But how do you? Yeah, how do you switch off and? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. Try to settle. It really just like like you said, you've you've experienced a bit like yourself as well. It really is, you know, a job that can consume all of you <laughs> and your entire life. Um, you know, people kind of throw it around all the time. Like, you know, being the media is a 24-7 job. Like, mm. because, like, genuinely, like, if something, if, you know, one of our best athletes died in a car crash right now and my phone went off at, you know, what are we, 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday, like, mm. like, I would have to, like, I would have to be there. That's just, like, that's just, mm. like, what the what the nature of the job is. So, um, it is, it definitely is something that can, um, that consume you, it can consume, like, all of you. Work-life balance can be, like, a really, really difficult thing. Um, if I'm being completely honest, like it is something that I do still, uh, do still work through. Like mm. literally us sitting at that comedy show tonight, there was, you know, someone said something in the show and it made me think like, Oh, actually, could we have been doing this? Like, should we talk to this person about that? And like my mind just like went into work mode and I was kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, um, and then I think a lot of the things that happen, like in this job, like we're saying, like a lot of the negative feedback and everything like that is, um, very difficult to kind of tune out from or you can take you know mm. for a lot of people like they can take it to heart um i yeah it is it definitely is it can take like literally could take a physical toll on physical toll on the body when you're talking about you know a lot of stress and yeah, pressure like and, stress all this type of yeah. stuff that's going on and like all like so many of my friends around me are just like this is just stuff that should not be dealing with at your age mm. like it's um so it is it's it is a lot my i do like i kind of said like i think like a really really important thing is having a real good support network around you and feeling really settled um in your out of work in your out of work life um and being having and having a space where you can um you know step into where you're not worried about where you're not worried about work i think the if i look at the times that work where I've felt the most stressed or on the verge of just literally just wanting to type my resignation out and walk out of the building. It has been the times where, um, you know, things aren't great away when you leave, when you're walking out of the, out of the building or, you know, you've got stuff that's going on in your life that, that's consuming you or, um, that you're not happy with, or you might just not be in a, you know, in a really good routine or, um, anything like that. So, but we're on the flip side, like the times where I do feel the best are where I do feel like I'm in like a really good, um, routine. I do have, you know, good people around me who, you know, I love and trust. And, um, I think that's, that is the key. Uh, and, you know, and looking, taking work-life balance as seriously as you can, like you need to have a life <laughs> outside of, outside of what you're doing. And once you kind of nail that, I think is when you feel happier outside, but then inside, um, work as well. Cause then you love it. You love it when you're there, mm. you're focused when you're there, you put everything into it where you're there and then you can kind of leave it and not have it as a number one thing on your head when you're not. 
Um, I think that is the key, but I would be lying if I said I've mastered it because there's definitely, there are definitely, you know, those days where it's like you can't sleep because all you can think about is this thing that's coming up the next day or this thing that happened to you mm. during the day that you know you're going to have to deal with um, tomorrow. So, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's the key, being as, being as settled and happy in your out of work life as you can be. And obviously things happen that are so out of your, out of your mm. control that you can't always guarantee that. Um, but if I look back at my my time so far, like that's that's definitely when I've when I've felt the happiest and um, the most energetic and mm. calm at, at when I'm working. No, it is it is interesting, and that's definitely something that I think about. That you are a bit of a creature of habit, and there are things mm. outside of work that you do which uh, sort of come as a release to you and. And it's definitely transferable. It's something that a lot of people will experience, not necessarily all journalists or teachers or nurses or people that work in finance, people that can't disconnect and we all really struggle and we've got these little death machines in our pockets, these smartphones that make it impossible sometimes for us to be able to to switch off and be present and, and try be in the moment. So it is... It is great that you have some things that that you can focus on now. Can I can I ask you so like when you like you know when we worked together for the, mm. for a year? So like, what were your? How would you have answered that question if someone asked you about like work work life balance? Like, what were your like coping mechanisms and stuff with it? I think exercise was a good one. Yeah, uh, I I probably wasn't very good at it at the time, mm. but if I had my time again, I know what I would have done like I try to avoid my phone as much as I can Mm -hmm. at the moment we'll always try leave it in another room um because I find that a lot of stuff where you can't switch off is coming it's emails text messages stuff coming through or news alerts and stuff coming through on the phone Mm -hmm. I'm um at, at some point looking to ditch a smartphone and go like downgrade, like go to like what? an old old Nokia or something, and how am I going to send you TikToks? I know exactly. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, the Imperfects podcast, which people say that this is um, an extremely poor man's version of this, is the Imperfects from Wish, apparently. Um, but one of the one of the guys on the show yeah. talks about he's quit using a smartphone yeah. and has a you know like an old nokia or something that can get whatsapp and maps and spotify but that's all it can get Mm -hmm. um and he said someone described it to him as people are always like i don't want to go on my phone Mm. but someone trying to quit smoking doesn't keep a packet of cigarettes in their pocket yeah which is one thing that i always think about so i try to distance myself from the phone i'll leave it in the car if i go to the shops Mm -hmm. and stuff like that that's Mm -hmm. something that that's something that helps yeah but it's. Don't think you're supposed to leave the car. When you're no, I, don't. I leave my phone. I leave children in the car. I leave everything in the don't car. You know, switch off. Out. Yeah. Well, there's water under the seat. He'll find it. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is interesting, and lots of people. Are, yeah. There's. We could talk for hours about mm. the modern world that we live in and how hard it is. It's mm. twenty-four hours, and mm. everyone's trying to be the best, and we're trying to squeeze mm. so much stuff. Mm. into our time mm. that's one for you mm. what type of hours do you work now people will be like <laughs> people will be like well when does the paper get sent off it can't yeah. be you know yeah i don't know yeah so what type of hours do you do you work keep it keep it brief but what are what are you actually working on at the moment so like every day yeah probably 12 hours a day so when do you get it uh, just before ten, norm- on a good a good day, it would be you know sometime sometime between nine and ten, and then yeah. leaving by, you know, eight eight o'clock ish. Yeah. Um, but still early days for me, so still in that kind of it's probably more my own doing where I kind of want to be a part of every every yeah, step of the process and be fully across every single thing that's happening and why it happens and everything like that. So yeah, probably about probably about um, twelve hours, and you know you come home and then. Once you home, go through a few more emails and set some stuff up for tomorrow, and you know, um, yeah. So that's probably my. That's probably. Do you my. have a time? Do you have a specific? I know you have a couple of days off during the week. Do you mm-hmm. have specific time allocated where it's like I'm not answering the phone? Don't even try. <laughs> no. No. <I'm> <laughs> maybe that's no. next. Maybe that's a goal for you in the future, perhaps. Oh, 
it's probably probably unrealistic like with what i'm doing yeah now because i do need to be there if, if you know if, if yeah. people need it and stuff like that but it's more of a it really with the position i mean i do generally feel it's like one of those things where it's like if you do love what you're doing um and it doesn't it doesn't feel like work you but work like you're giving life. me you're giving me this look and it's like i know it's like sounds so ridiculous but it's like um i do 100 percent genuinely see why it's like you need to have time where you're just fully away from it and when i'm on leave like that's like literally where i'll where yeah. i'll draw the line um like i literally will work until like 1 a.m that day i've got before i go to leave if i have to to make sure like absolutely everything is in best in place as it can be and everything like that because i'm like when i want to leave like that's when i'm not answering my phone no one would expect me to that's like mm. that's that's my time like you know um so that's yeah just something i also don't do enough <laughs> no, that's all right well, um now one thing that we talked about mm. earlier and you talked about there was a bit of chat about you on big footy <laughs> and i've spoken on the episode i've spoken on plenty of episodes actually mm. about me always being like just do people like me? Are they talking yeah. about me? What are people saying behind me, behind my back? And that's all stuff. It's in my own head and I'll never know. And yeah. part of the issue is the not knowing. Yeah. Um, but for you, you can blatantly Google your name. Yeah. Sports editor, Jacob Waddell. Yeah. And feel free to do it if you get the chance. And there is some, <laughs> there's people talking, talking smack about you on yeah. blogs and tweets and, and websites. Yeah. One, I guess it's almost... I guess it's almost a positive because you don't, there's no guesswork. You know exactly what they're saying behind your <laughs> there's back. There's no one there. Because it's on the internet. But, but what, what is that like? Because as much as you are, um, as much as you're resilient and you're strong and you wore off a duck's back, mm. you're still human. And it's mm. still at the end of the day, sometimes it's people questioning your integrity and stuff. And it would be natural for you to react and be like, mm. oh, I don't. I don't like how that makes me feel. Yeah. What yeah. is it like? No, hundred percent. And I think it's that kind of thing I was saying before. Anyone that's like people only know me in or don't don't even know me. People only know of me of through my work, right? Like it's probably mm. not like a lot of your other guests that you've had on when you're talking about footy players, athletes, netball players, cricket players, where it's like they are talking more about the person and their abilities and their mm. um, or who they are or whatever. Like I'm sure they probably have like far worse experience like of doing that, whereas I look like Someone like me, like, they're only talking about... No, I, I don't think I know any of these people that write what they write. And it's like, but they're talking about me in the sense of, like, oh, he's biased and he hates the Dockers or he's, um, you know, he's only... I've heard he's only, like, really, he's only 27 years old, doesn't even know what he's talking about. Like, da 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 If he was only thir 13 years old when those tweets are posted, that means he's only, like, 26 years old now. And, you know, that's too young and no wonder it's gone to shit and, like, da 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 But it's like... They're, they're just talking about my work. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If there was a comment on there and it was like, yeah, I actually met him at an event and he's got like a whiny little voice and he's freaking annoying and I hate him. And he's like skinny and gross and he wore this ugly suit. Like I literally would be like, who is that? And I stopped my figure out who's posted this. Like that, like honestly can tell you like that would like genuinely eat me up because mm. like no one likes reading things like that about themselves. There aren't comments like that, I don't think, but like... People, they're only talking about... Not yet, it's just uploading. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're mm. only talking about the work that I'm producing. And to me, that's just, like, I'm you just doing... hundred percent, yeah. Like, I'm just doing a job. Um, you would be crazy in this industry to use that feedback as a gauge for, like, how you're doing or, um, like, you know, how you're performing. Same goes for journalists and you know like you're not going to base how good your story is based on the comments that you get like when it goes on facebook or what people say about you online that's not that's not where i get my that's not where i'd look to get my criticism or my um you know my review your review of my performance from i feel like there's a word that i'm trying to use that i just can't find like that's not where i would go to get yeah um, yeah <laughs> i'm not going to gauge how well i'm doing based on what people are saying online that's you yeah. know that's not my place for that but it does it honestly like it's like, like i sit here and, like laugh about it like i think when i saw her i like just messaged you straight away it was like just type my name and then bigfooty.com like this is hilarious like, yeah people send me screenshots so we can just laugh because it's not it's not deep at all to mm. me it's actually quite funny so keep it up like keep honestly going. dig up whatever tweets you want to Stop dig up tweets. like now you must there's a certain um 
you know, you must be very, very sure of yourself to be able to, because it's all well and good to say, well, I know what I'm doing is the right thing, so I'm going to keep mm. doing it. But mm. still there's a voice in the back of people's head. Like for me, I'm, sometimes I know I'm doing the right thing, but I mm. still question mm. whether or not it's right. Do you ever have that voice that questions or are you superhuman? <laughs> because I'm, I'm starting to question whether or not you just, you know, I guess maybe I'm superhuman, and that's it. <laughs> um, like I, like I, yeah, no, I, I think that's that is what it is. Like it is just being sure of what you're, like being sure of what you're doing, or like just that knowledge of you know people aren't talking about you; they're talking about your work. They're talking mm-hmm. about what you put it, put it out. Like I've, you know, you get that understanding of like no one's ever ever gonna love, um, <laughs> no one's ever gonna love the media. Like I've heard stories of like. Um, you know, people literally like turning an axe on journalists that were at, you know, that were knocking on their door to talk about, you know, to try and get a comment from them or something. And this guy's like turned an axe on them, and then all the comments are like, "Yeah, you should have got him." Like, da, da, da. the journalists are like, "What?" Like, we were looking for some sympathy. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it is. You know, you're in an industry where you're just like, it's very rarely you're very rarely ever going to be, you know, admired for what you're doing from, you know, the the general public. And that's just it's just the nature of kind of of what it is um yeah i honestly i can, honestly can can say like it just doesn't like it just doesn't affect me in a bad way you know yeah now at the end of everyone's episode mm. i usually think of some of the things and get them to try and sum up or give yeah. people a bit of advice i guess some of the things that you've touched on is going out of your comfort zone and dealing with with that pressure mm. and also not letting things get to you i guess Mm. for anyone who's in coping with a bit of pressure at the moment or in a high pressure environment or is having things said or done and can feel it getting to them is there any sort of advice that you would you would give to someone who might be listening and Mm. something to sum it up Mm. yeah I think kind of like what I touched on um, before, I think having that support network outside of a workplace is just something that is so, so important, whether that be friends, whether it be family, whether it be professional professionals, it's having that outlet um, where you can vent and you can, you know, you've got your own space, um, you know, to vent and then to listen to feedback. I think it's so important. I think being able to to reflect if you're sure of what you're doing um, and you're getting enjoyment uh, out of what you're doing um, then there is definitely something very admirable about being able to just you know to to push on and sometimes just suck it up and um, and to keep going but if it's something where you're not sure of what you're doing and it's not leading to overall life enjoyment, there's all there's also just as much um, you know admiration in being able to be to be able to walk away from it. So yeah, if I was to sum it up, importance of a support network um, and yeah, being being sure of what you're doing. Now, mate, I'm very grateful for you to have come on the show. It's been it's been really cool, and I guess I guess one thing. That I'm a big believer in. Yeah. Now, some people will think this guy that's the sport at the mm. West Australian hate the West Australian, hate the sports Ooh. section. This guy sucks. But at the end of the day, you're just a person like anyone. And whether yeah. or not everyone agrees with what you do or some of the things that you write, um, you're just a person like anyone else. So it's been really yeah. cool for you to give a bit of time. Oh. And you know, Do you know what? that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Luke. <laughs> that you're a person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> no, but like like anyone, yeah. it's um, no people are very quick to to judge people mm. by what they do or the type of person that they are, and you know, launch stereotypes and stuff at them from that. But it's been really cool to get you to come on, and hopefully, it's given people a bit of insight, maybe changed people's mind a little bit. It was really interesting when you talked about you know, sport is entertainment and you guys are having a bit of fun there. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it definitely was a bit of a perspective that I was like, Oh yeah, hold on. Why do we take this thing so seriously? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure to have you. Luke, what an honor. Thank you very much for having me. And maybe uh, next time. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, there we go. Episode 10. 
with my good friend Jacob Waddell. Now you could probably tell that Jacob and I are quite good friends. We bounce off each other and we have a few good vibes. But let me tell you, this episode was an absolute nightmare to edit because every five to ten minutes, one of us or both of us would crack up laughing and tell a joke that couldn't make it onto the podcast. But I truly had a really good time recording and I hope you enjoyed listening. I think that This show is all about sharing unique stories and unique perspectives about people that I find interesting, and Jacob's episode was definitely no exception to that. Now, please make sure you like and subscribe, tell your mates, tell your mum, tell grandma, get on grandma's phone, teach her to download Spotify and and have a listen, because there's a few stories here that I'm sure grandma and grandpa would love to learn about from our guests that we have. But yeah, please like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. Keep clicking back. We're in the double digits now, double figures. We're really taking off. We're taking off into the podcast, into the atmosphere, into the podcast stratosphere we are. That's about all from me. I had a really good time. I hope you enjoyed listening. Keep clicking back because there's plenty more episodes coming. Don't you worry about that. But in the meantime, check in on your mind, check in on your mates, and I'll see you next time.